Welcome back to the Broadway Block. On today's episode, we're going to go over the Rangers staying hot. Got a greasy win in New Jersey, 5-3 over the Devils. We got a great guest from Forever Blue Shirts today, Stephen Pappas. How are you? Doing pretty good. Getting ready to head over to American Airlines Center. Rangers and Stars playing soon. My one game a year that I get to watch uh, them down here. So I'm, I'm always excited. Luckily, they're 2-0 when I've gone since I've been here. So praying for for 3-0 tonight. You're the good luck charm that we need. Listen, usually they, they're they on a losing streak coming into Dallas the last two years. This time they're on a winning streak. So I don't know if that's like bad juju or whatnot. Plus the stars are hot right now. Yeah, I'm still not sure why Scott Wedgwood's starting tonight over Jake Ottinger. I mean, if you get an ottinger Shesterkin night, then, um, you know, that's that's prime television right there. I already put in for an under, so I'm I'm afraid it might be. <laughs> the bet, the bet might have already been bust. But, uh, yeah, I mean, right now, it's like all roses. Like, there's usually some little layer of controversy. Obviously, Heedle with the concussion is kind of like a concerning factor, but we get Igor back in the last game, and we get... Uh, Adam Fox skating as of uh, as of this morning. So all good signs. And obviously winning those games in their absence is huge. The team has a lot of momentum, a lot of gel right now. Um, and like you said, we have the opportunity to go in against what's normally a really hard goalie matchup. So I'm definitely looking forward to a win and it should be a fun game to be at for sure. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I don't know if you guys have been to Dallas's arena. It is, I think, one of the nicest in the NHL. I mean, it is smack in the in downtown dallas like beautiful arena it's clean there's not a bad view in sight and you know the atmosphere around the arena is is perfect like they got bars set up right outside the arena i mean as a mets fan like obviously that's what they're trying to do with city field because there's nothing to do same with the, the jets and giants there's really nothing around uh metlife stadium but you know i think dallas with the texas rangers and uh obviously the cowboys and the stars do it right around here and to, to just clarify, did we have or play against Wedgwood last year? So Jake Ottinger started the game and ended up getting hurt, I think, either at the end of the first period or end of the second period. That's what it was. Yeah, and then Wedgwood came in and played, and that was the Julian Gauthier game, uh, that ridiculous goal that he had. Oh, he, still- he literally flew with the puck, yeah. Exactly. Well, it was good to see Shesterkin save 30 and come back because it's hard to come back after not playing that long and then go right into like a rivalry game in New Jersey. So I thought that was a great, like he stood on his head and made the saves that he had to. And we got Vinny T is giving us production this year. I guess it's the new system. Is it sustainable in the new system? He's really bought in. How do you feel about that? For Trocek, I absolutely think it's sustainable. And speaking as the system as a whole, I think this is, you know, you look at teams that win Stanley Cups and they're teams that are defensive. Most of them are defensive oriented. You know, they're big on blocking shots, making it really tough for the opponent to play against them. We saw it obviously with Vegas last year. That was kind of their key to success. They led the league in block shots. They had probably two or three guys at the top of the league that led in block shots. The Rangers got a guy in Jacob Truba that does that now. They're, I believe, last time I checked, fourth in the league in block shots. So they're up there. They're a pain to play against. They're not fun to play against, but they are able to open it up and, you know, play a a end-to-end game if they need to. Obviously, Peter Laviolette does not want to do that. They don't want the the game to turn into a track meet. Obviously, they want things a little bit more, uh, for lack of a better phrase, structured and, you know, within the system, um, really clog up the neutral zone. And they've done a great job this year. I mean, listen, they took a New Jersey team out to the woodshed. I mean, that game was a lot 
closer than it probably was. I think the Rangers on the eye test and in the analytics really took it to New Jersey on Saturday night. Um, you know, two rusty goals from Shesterkin in that first period. You know, I think had Shesterkin been playing for that full time off, you know, that game's 5-1, maybe 5-2. Um, that being said, you know, we've seen it already with teams. Obviously, when we looked at it at the start of the year, we thought Buffalo would be better than what they were. But we knew they were a fast, young, you know, young and gun team. Uh, we saw it with Detroit. We saw it with Vancouver, who is obviously having this fantastic start this year. The Rangers have kind of handled teams with speed. And then we saw it again with New Jersey on Saturday night with Jack Hughes obviously coming back into the lineup. I mean, that's just not something you saw them do over the last two years. And whether it's Peter Laviolette's system, I think m- most would say yes. They've, you know, their bugaboo last year was they looked slow against fast teams. And this year, they've made fast teams look slow, which, you know, is a great formula to win a Stanley Cup come the playoff time. And it was great to see that Jacob Truba hit. I don't know, every time against New Jersey, he just delivers just a wrecking hit. So that was fun for us Rangers fans to watch. Yeah, that guy is, uh, you know, he's loved by the fans, hated by everybody else. Um, but, you know, I think there's there's a reason that he throws these hits in big games. I mean, you, you know, on a Thursday night in Anaheim, you're not going to see him trying to lay out Troy Terry or someone like that. You know, he's he, he gets up for these big games, whether it be game seven. Obviously, we don't want to look back on that one very often. But, you know, trying to spark the guys in game seven against New Jersey. Obviously, New Jersey this year. Um, I think that Calgary game last year was a sneaky big game because it was, you know, right out of the gate off the uh, off the all-star break could have came out flat. Truba made sure they didn't. And they, you know, I I don't want to say use that as a catalyst through the rest of the year. But, you know, he's been a guy that has been able to whether you like him as a player or not, whether you think he's overpaid or not. First of all, this year, he's having an incredible year. Um, I think he's one of the better defensemen on this team. And especially since Adam Fox has gone out, he's been rocks on on the blue line i think it's it's been incredible to see what he's done after all the criticism he's taken some rightfully so some you know not so much um but him as a captain i mean he is you know your quintessential leader he's a guy that doesn't let guys get away with not you know hustling or giving as much effort as they need to um and he's going to show you you know how much effort needs to be put in uh during a game whether it be through big hits whether it be through you know defensive responsibility that you've seen this year and I think in part to that, you also see Keandre Miller getting a little bit more defensively responsible, which I think kind of held Truba back for the last two seasons. You know, Miller, you know, not necessarily knowing when to jump into plays, when to stay back. I think we've seen Keandre Miller. He'll turn the puck over every once in a while. That's fine. You can live with that. He's got the reach to to get back and make a play. But, you know, he's not as irresponsible in his uh, in the ozone as he has been in the past and, you know, hasn't left Troop out to dry that we've seen over the last two years. Maybe that's, again, part of this uh, part of the system with Peter Laviolette. Maybe he, you know, some sort of defenseman whisper to get, you know, i.e. Eric Gustafson and uh, Keandre Miller to be playing lights out defense. You know, I, when you told me or if you told me that Eric Gustafson would be your number one defenseman basically in uh, in November when we signed him in july i think something went catastrophically wrong kind of did but you know he's jumped in as this this offensive and now defensive catalyst i mean he was rock solid against the devils defensively and he has been since adam fox has gone out of the lineup while producing offensively which we knew you know that's what his game was he was an offensive defenseman 
I thought yeah. he looked a little shaky after preseason. So I was like questioning if he was going to be like one of those Rangers signings that we regret, but he really has stepped up. No, I couldn't agree more about Gustafson. He's been such an awesome addition. I think when Fox, we lose Fox, you kind of realize the deep blue line that we have. And, you know, like you mentioned, Truba stepped in to it beautifully. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've been hard on Zach Jones since he's come into the lineup as well. I think he's a guy that knows his role that as soon as uh, Adam Fox comes back, he's out of the lineup. Um, and, you know, he's had a turnover. He's had turnover issues, I think, since he's really come up to the big club. I thought he had a decent game on Saturday against New Jersey. I think Braden Schneider at the start of the year was bad. Like he was not, I wouldn't say not usable, but he wasn't very good. He's really gotten into his own, you know, he's not going to give you a ton of offense, but you know, he's, uh, he's working his way to be a shutdown defenseman. You know, he's learning from, you know, one of the better hitters in the NHL in, in Jacob Truba. He's a guy that's got a big body that can throw it around. Um, but I think Zach Jones has also kind of stepped up a little bit. I, I'm not going to go as far as to say he's been good. Cause I don't think he has, but you know, he's provided offense when he's needed to. And I think that's part of his game. I still think he's very small and unrefined. Um, and, you know, but that being said, he's been a good depth defenseman on this team that has needed depth defenseman with, you know, Fox going out and, and Gustafson having to move up. I thought it's been interesting. Like, if you look at the standings now, you obviously have the Rangers in first, but you have the Flyers right behind them and then the Capitals, which no one would have predicted any of that. It was great the Rangers win because playing against a Devils team that was hungry for a win, they needed that. Their big guys did show up. Like if you look at their signings like that they've had, obviously Hughes, the number one pick, Paula with the goal, and then Palat. But now they're not getting that production that they used to get on that third and fourth line. They've kind of cooled off. Everybody knows what's coming with the Devils. So that was great to just come in there and show them that we were like kind of like the big guy and we knew what to expect. Yeah. And I think the devils are really missing. He sure. And Meyer, obviously Meyer got injured the game before that. So he didn't play, but you know, I mean, that just, you know, you can spin that in one of two ways is that you look at the Rangers they're some of their big guys have gone down and they were able to continue winning. Um, or you can look at it as, you know, our big guys went down, so there's not much we can do. Um, I think the devils at the end of the day will be fine. This is just, I mean, if you look at this time last year, when you talked about the Rangers, they were what 10, 11 and two or something like that. And, um, there was a lot of, you know, concern of what this team was going to be. I think at the end of the day, when you get to, to April and, and March, the Gi the giants, the devils will be, uh, will be up there, you know, if not second or third, maybe first in the division, who knows, who knows what, what can happen. You know, Jack Hughes gets hot and Timo Meyer comes back and figures it out. And he sure comes back. I don't think there's anything. If obviously this is the Rangers podcast, but if you're a devil's <laughs> fan, I don't think you got anything to worry about uh, in making the playoffs or anything like that. Now winning a Stanley cup might be a little bit different, you know, I mean, we've seen teams like Edmonton, you know, dominate the regular season on power plays. And, um, you know, you just don't get those opportunities come come the playoff time. And I think that's why the, you know, the Rangers have been succeeding recently. They haven't been getting the calls to, to go their way. They haven't even been getting, you know, a ton of power plays in games. And now they're back to scoring at five on five. So, um, you know, that was the big issue that we had earlier in the season. If we had to nitpick issues is that they weren't scoring at five on five, but you know, they've gotten back to that on top of the power play scoring. Um, like I said, I think this is as sustainable of a run as I've seen the Rangers 
be on. Obviously, you're, you're not going to win, what are they, 11, 2, and 1. You're not going to win 11 of your first uh, 13 or 14 games, whatever, 12, I'm sorry, 12, 2, and 1. They're not going to win 12 of their 15 games every time. But, uh, um, you know, they're they're playing in a system and not just street hockey where it's, you know, every man for himself. With their backup goalie and their backup backup goalie for a little bit there. I mean, listen, you give Benoit Lair any a blank check and, uh, you know, any dollar amount as long as he's still here. I mean, he's made, you know, Cam Talbot and uh, Auntie Ranta and just every every goalie that has come through this system. Alexander Yorgiev is a number one goalie on one of the better teams in the NHL. You know, the fact that the Rangers had him and Shesterkin at the same time and Shesterkin was clearly the better goalie. It's just it's an embarrassment of riches going back, at least in my lifetime. I mean, I've it never... makes you hate the Bruins, right? That they are able to somehow swing Swayman and Olmark, right? I mean, it's I went to school in the Connecticut area, so I had to deal with all those Bruins fans and just like Patriots fans and I, the Boston sports fans. I can't deal with them anymore. These guys won't go away. They won't just you know roll over and die. They have to be. You know they're gonna they're gonna break their record from last year, but you know come playoff time we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's kind of wild to think that you know you mentioned the sustainability and you know it's five on five neutral zone faceoffs. There's a lot of things that we've kind of already touched on. It's all things that kind of like you said lead to believe that this is repeatable. And then you got guys like Keandre Miller that still I think have something more to show that we haven't really seen just you know their peak just yet. Right now, why couldn't we? be any team in the league and we're definitely going to finish, you know, in the playoffs for sure if we keep up just that 500 pace from this point forward. Yeah, I believe if the Rangers, you know, go, you know, 500 for the rest of the year, they're going to end at 95 or 94 points something like that. So, I mean, obviously it's November 20th, so we got a lot of time to think about that and a lot of games left to be played. But, you know, you mentioned all that, you know, this team's 12-2 and 1 with Mika Zibanejad scoring one 5 on 5 goal through 15 games. I mean, listen, you can't rely on Artemi Panarin scoring two points a night if he's going to do it great, but at some point, you know, I don't want to say he's going to come back to to you know, regress to, you know, what his average is, but if that happens, you need Zibanejad to to figure figure it out and be able to put the puck in the back of the net. Right now, he just looks lost. I mean, every shot he takes is either right in the goalie's chest or, you know, we joke about Jacob Truba shooting it across the Hudson River half the time when he winds up at the blue line. But, you know, that's what Zibanejad looks like right now. And, you know, if he can get going, I mean, if he can get going and everybody is, you know, you know, you're still playing the same game that you're playing right now. Like, man, this team is that's 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 as dangerous as they come. And um, without Zibanejad playing very particularly well they're still a very dangerous team um and it all starts with their goaltending it all starts with their defense and the offense i'm not going to say secondary but their offense you know a lot of the time is caused by their defense i mean take a look at uh you know the jimmy vc goal on saturday night uh to the game winner it started with a block shot uh in their own zone and you know going for a change Vincent Chocha comes over the line has the wherewithal to wait for the guys to get on the ice hit lick right back to v- i mean it was gorgeous and it all started in in their d zone but um i don't think they're getting out of their 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 structure very often and it's allowed for i believe they're second in the nhl in goals against per game um i don't know where they sit in goals for per game but you know most of the time if you're second in the league in goals against per game you're going to win a lot of games 
Well, it's also been great to see that the changes that anytime anyone's injured or anything, and even VZ at the beginning of the year was in and out of the lineup. And look at the night last night. Like, it doesn't matter what night, whoever it is, comes in and does their role. I just feel like during the Gallant times, people didn't really know what their role was. And obviously with LaViolette, he has a reason for everything he does. He's not afraid to talk to the media and be like, this is what happened and this is why it didn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, when you look at like guys like Lafreniere as well, they're, they've been given a role on that second line. Like It's basically a first line at this point. I mean, the Zibanejad, Kreider, and, and Wheeler line hasn't been playing well enough to be considered your top line. I mean, but poof, that, that second line is probably one of the best in the NHL right now with Trocek, Lafreniere, and Panarin. But, you know, the wherewithal to put guys in positions to succeed. I mean, did you think at the beginning of the year, you know, uh, Panarin's going to break, uh, you know, the scoring record to start a season for for games with with points? No. But you knew that guys like Lafreniere and guys like Hedl, who was on who were on that line or now Trocek would benefit from having a guy like that on the line. I can't believe the old coach didn't get, understand that properly. But, you know, here we are. Two years later, and we finally got the lines that that we were really looking for. Um, that being said, I mean, I think you know we could be on the on that line with Panarin right now and end up with you know a point per game pace at this point, just how well he's dishing the puck and uh, and letting it go. But uh, I truly believe that Laviolette has come in and has. I think the word culture is used very too much like i think it's it's a oversaturated word i know i i covered quinnipiac that's where i went to school and their head coach ran pecknold would always talk about culture and identity and literally we had a running tally of how like how many times we bet the over under on each press conference like how many times are you going to use the word culture identity all this stuff so i don't want to use it in this sense but just the the <laughs> the vibe i guess that's a better term no new and en- new energy yeah, new energy. There you go. The new energy that has surrounded this team since Laviolette's come in. And I wasn't the greatest, the biggest Laviolette fan when they hired him, but you know, I'm eating crow on that right now. Uh, um, you know, it's it's. I've never seen a team like this, and the Rangers organization has never seen a team like this because it's their best start through 15 games in the 97, 98 years or 97 years that they have uh, been a hockey club. I think there's. A lot more to be seen out of guys like Panarin. We we've been pretty vocal about about a hundred points is probably not unrealistic. And at this point, I think if he just went on a point per game pace, which would be like one of his lowest totals, he would be on pace for still about a hundred just right now with what he what a tremendous start he's had. You mentioned we haven't seen a, a team start like this. We've never seen a player start like this. So it's really cool to be kind of not a part of history. We're not the ones doing it, but it, it feels like it's a, a moment in time to kind of look back because we fondly remember, you know, like 2014 and like reference those times The you know, I think this is going to be the time that son, let me sit you down and tell you a fun story about, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's a Vince McMahon meme, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like we're trying. <laughs> Would you would you believe it if I told you that Artemi Panarin's never had 100 points in his career? I mean, it's it's yeah. so crazy to think about. No, and, and I think that that's this is it all maturing and materializing into a point where it's actually possible. And you know, barring injury, he stayed re- remarkably healthy in his tenure as a Ranger too. So there's that to kind of consider. He's only missed a handful of games, and you know, he's one of those guys that kind of like Fox that kind of just avoids those high you know danger situations and. He attracts so much attention now, I think, 
we've always said it with his shot that the pass is now a threat and the days that he's going to score, you know, that, you know, the next thing is going to be a pass and he's got the goalie thinking. And I, I think that right now we're seeing him just rip it like that. The, the face off shot is when you knew like, okay, this year is different, at least in my opinion, because he's had a great year point wise. He's always been a streaky kind of guy where, you know, three, four point night is not unexpected to him. So sometimes you get those inflated totals, um, but the way that he's just firing the puck and the goalie has zero ch- like clue where he even was, and they just know it's in the net. And he's freezing people the same way Lyft did with like that that overtime uh, shootout goal. And the way that these guys are playing with some bravado is also impressive. It's not just like we're you know we're getting behind in games and giving up like we've seen in the past. Like just the the way that these guys have come back in the Columbus game and the Devils game and just you know not laying down and actually living true to the no quit thing is like super, super cool. I was going to say, you took the words right out of my mouth. Would you say there's no quit in New York? <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly as much as coming everybody back, hates it, it. It left, right? Like there was some quit and I, and like, whatever, like, you know, it's just a mantra, but it's like, you said it, the vibe, the culture, you know, like I wouldn't be afraid to, you know, shy away from those terms. Cause it's exactly what fits the narrative right now. And like, as, as somebody who, you know, watches every game and then some and you know games from around the league and it's it's like when you watch a team that has some kind of undeniability and some eventuality to them there's this daunting feeling like we can lose this game we're up i think we can lose this game i think that as a rangers fan i used to watch other teams do that to us and i think as a rangers fan now I'm behind a goal and not really worried and it's it's reflective because neither is the team you know yeah i've said this on other shows as well as i said it to you know my friends my dad everything anybody who will listen to me um that two years ago galant's first year you know the rangers were a team that once you had a one goal lead going into the third period you were confident that they were going to win that game you didn't know if you know they could have won that game by four in that third period um, but you never you never go into that third period like, oh, I hope they can hold this lead. Like you'd go into that third period knowing that they were going to hold that lead. Last year, I think they got very far away from that. Um, again, you're talking about a team that still had 107 points or something like that. So it's a bit of nitpicking. But, you know, it's true. I think when they had a lead last year, you were more hoping and praying that they were going to hold on to it as opposed to knowing that they were going to hold on to it. I mean, right now, through 15 games this year, it doesn't matter if they're up a goal, down a goal, tied going into the third period, as long as it's not a you know blowout, you have a confidence that they're going to win that game. And, you know, they've given you every right. And I think it's it's hard sometimes if you're a supporter of a team to look at it at a broad lens or look at it as you would look at, you know, the Edmonton Oilers or something like that, where you have no interest in, but you can, you know, when you see a good team as a good team and a bad team as a bad team. You know, I I don't think it's crazy as a as a fan and as a supporter, and then as a you know unbiased person to look at this Rangers team and say that they could you know are a Stanley Cup contender. I mean, Elliot Friedman said it today on on Thirty One Thoughts or Thirty Two Thoughts. I forgot they added a team, but Thirty Two Thoughts. Um, that you know he truly believes, and especially after Saturday night, that he truly believes the Rangers are in the Stanley Cup uh, uh, caliber. And you know, if that that's a guy about as unbiased as you can get. They got to be the best sports team out of all major sports in New York right now, right? 
I don't want to talk about it. I didn't. I did not watch the Jets <laughs> yesterday on purpose. I, I have. I avoided the Jets on purpose. I unfortunately <laughs> lived through that, and, <laughs> and, and just, I got done, and I was like, "Thank God, I have the Rangers." Do you know what I did? Do you know what I did instead of that? I watched uh, Flyers and Blue Jackets. That's how much I didn't want to watch that game. Oh my god! <laughs> the, the nice uh, mid off that like. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe's normally wearing his Jets gear, by the way, after a loss. Like he's he's normally a pretty proud Jets fan through and through. But you know, you know things are down bad. But um, I heard that there's going to be a little quarterback shakeup. So maybe you guys have something to look forward to. My my dad has the misfortune of of his company getting him tickets to the game on Friday, and I'm like, you just don't have to do it. You don't you have don't, to go. You don't have to go. It's actually he's like everything's. He goes, everything's free. It's paid for. He goes, I'm not even going to watch the game. I'll just I'll just hang out in the suite or there's whatever. That too. It's a fun. Well, you know how things like you know in Rangers games like matchups that you have like what's going to happen. It's eerily scarily familiar to the mark sanchez butt fumble game like things are bad that was right on thanksgiving it's weird black friday game dolphins are hot like it's just not it's not gonna go well tim boyle might be the new nathan peterman after after friday but we'll say it might be new dobbs who knows (laughs) who knows comes in puts a city in his back man the city needs a hero see that's confidence we don't we don't have a ton of confidence well listen i I th- maybe target Garrett Wilson. Maybe that'll help. I don't know. I don't mean to speculate. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a new Jets fan, but I think that's, it's almost like watching a team that you don't root for. It's like, you know, I can kind of say that in a little bit, a little bit more of an unbiased perspective, but yeah. Um, I'll let you get to the game, but thanks again for taking some time and chatting with us, brother. If there's any links you want to push, man, send them to us. We'll push them in the description. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously foreverblueshirts.com. Great site. A bunch of great writers. Uh, Anthony Scoltori runs the site. Dude is uh, like elite. Like he is, on everything he is you know gotten some of the guys and girls that have written for us um at a at a very high level and you know i owe a lot of a lot of stuff to anthony and um so check out forever blue shirts youtube page as well we do a ton of interviews i think we last talked to molly walker colin stevenson mike rupp we got stefan mato last year which was insane like that was the coolest thing i think i've ever done hockey wise and I, i wasn't alive for 94 but you know, I told my dad and, you know, my dad got married in 94, uh, in April of 94. And he still says that the June 14th was his, his favorite day of the year. <laughs> How does and, your mom uh, know about that? <laughs> oh, she doesn't know. She he, He'll tell her that it's that it's their anniversary. But to him, it's June 14th. He might not say it publicly, but I know. Well, thanks again for taking some time with us, man. We'll have to do this of course. in the future, brother. Cheers. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you, guys. Let's go, Rangers.